This is Coast and County Radio's Extra Time Podcast in association with Scarborough College and powered by Grundon Graphics. 97.4 FM, through the Vales, across the Moors and along the coast. Extra Time, sporting reviews and opinions from those in the know. So welcome back to a brand new episode of the Coast and County Extra Time podcast sponsored by our good friends at Scarborough College and today I have the absolute privilege of being joined by ex-Scarborough and Whitby player uh, and also a player who can boast that he scored a goal at Wembley. It's Andy Toman. Andy joins me to chat all about his impressive career on and off the pitch as a manager. Um, Andy, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. How are things at your end? Oh, it's good. Uh, it's nice to, uh, you know, to do things like this, uh, to reminisce over your your past football career, especially when you've had some success at both. Uh, I think I had success at both clubs, Scarborough and uh, Whitby. So, and the two clubs that I hold uh, closely to my heart, to be honest, because I loved playing for both of them, to be fair. And, you know, we've had a very difficult couple of, of uh, years, you know, with everything, with coronavirus and everything. How are you sort of, are you managing to keep busy at the moment? Uh, things have just quietened down. I, uh, I, I've i been working away. I've been coaching in Norway for three years, uh, up, up until the, uh, the first lockdown. Uh, and then I came back because I think the people in Norway had a, uh, crystal ball and knew that things weren't going to be good. So they told me to come home. Uh, that was maybe two years, two, two years in March, I think. Uh, and uh, so so I worked over there for three years and I was coaching in there and I had a, a lot of success over there. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't want to come home, to be fair, but, uh, you know, it's a case of having to. Uh, I've been offered another position over there if I want to go back. Uh, so... Uh, I came back to England March, would it be 2020? I think it was. And uh, I ended up getting a uh, a job at Bishop Auckland, being manager of Bishop Auckland Football Club. Uh, and uh, the week I got it, I got a phone call of five or six people saying, what have you done? Uh, and you always think you can go into a football club and, and turn things around and things like that. Uh, but in hindsight, I should have listened to the five phone calls that I got. Uh, I don't want to go into too much detail on that, but uh, to say that it wasn't the best job to go into uh, is a bit of an understatement. Yeah, 100%. Well, you know, having a look back at your your career, of course, as a, as a midfielder, starting off um, at Shildon in the Northern League before joining Bishop Auckland. Very your your career for those of you who don't know your career is very northern orientated in in, in terms of where you've played um, and you've played at some real hearty northern clubs. Um, in the summer of 1985, you were you got your first taste of, of league football really when that sort of kick started your career moving for for ten thousand pounds. What what was that early stage like at, at Lincoln City? I know you were there for for just a season with, with 24 appearances. What was it like going there um, for a fee as well? Because a lot of players don't go play, go sign for clubs for fees and they just go on free transfers. To be, to be honest, it was, a, it was a shock to the system, really. 
for more reasons than one, uh, I got a phone call. Uh, after, I'd, had, I'd had a trial for them, and then I got a phone call about two months later saying, uh, Andy, we want you to sign. And I signed on the Thursday. I trained on the Friday, and I played my first league game in division the old Division Three on the Saturday. So I'd had no pre-season with them. Uh, and uh, to move from Bishop Alton Football Club, uh, where I was enjoying my football, to go to a, a third division, which is bypassing the, the old fourth division, and going straight into the third division and, and getting in the team to start off with, uh, it was, was a bit of a shock. And uh, I wasn't fit enough to start off with. Uh, but it was a dream come true, really. That's all I wanted to do, be a professional footballer. And uh, I played the first game where we played Gillingham. I can remember it really well. We beat them 1-0. Uh, and I remember getting home on the night and we had a party to celebrate uh, me becoming a professional footballer. footballer. Uh, but then after that, I think I slept for a couple of days after that because I was absolutely shattered. Uh, and that wasn't because of the booze. It was because of the uh, the actual physical work that I did on the Saturday playing football, uh, a professional game, you see. So it was good. Yeah, and all those, um, you know, I know the game's probably changed a lot since you were first introduced into the league system and, and playing professional football. But describe the step the step up from Bishop Auckland to Lincoln City. There must have been such a huge difference between the two sides and, and the training and everything must have been a complete shock to the system, as you mentioned. Well, it was. Eventually, it was. Uh, as I say, I, didn't, I only trained the one day with them, which was a Friday. Uh, before I after, before I played the first game, but then after that it was obviously training every day of the week uh, compared to training maybe one night a week, uh, and it was a shock. And it was uh, it took it did take two or three two or three months to get uh, acclimatised to it as well. Uh, and what people don't realise is you said then I played twenty four games. And I found out why I didn't play anymore. Uh, I got injured after 23 games. And then uh, I was travelling all over the country as the the extra player. Uh, I think it was two subs then. And uh, I was like the 15th man, uh, 14th, 15th man. And I'd travel all over the place, not get a game. And I didn't realise why. And then the last game of the season, I think we played Wolverhampton Wanderers, who were already promoted. The manager called me and he said, Andy, you're playing today. And I said, well, I haven't played since Christmas. And he says, you know why, don't you? I said, no. And in my contract, Bishop Orton would have got more money if I'd played 25 league games. So that was my 24th. And I could not, I wish you told me, I wish you told me early on because, you know, I wouldn't have got my hopes up. Uh, but that, w- that was a... A shock to the system, and it was uh, a bit of an eye opener to football league football. Yeah, well, that I, I know the most one of the most recent cases I know of that is of um, I think it was Stuart Downing at Middlesbrough. Um, so myself being a Middlesbrough fan, I know that at the point when Stuart Downing 
he'd hit the end of, of that, that contract and they didn't want to offer him a new contract at Middlesbrough. So they only played him up until he could, he could play up till that point. But for you as a player to not even know, you've wasted all know. that time and, and you've not even known why you weren't getting picked. No, I didn't know. And I didn't know until the, the it was the Friday before the last game of the season and call it naivety or call it what you want. Uh, you know, the, the, the problem is you, what you've got to realise is every week from Christmas, because I got injured before Christmas, every week from Christmas onwards, I was working my socks off to get in the team, mm-hmm. not knowing that there was no way I could have been the best player in the world, but I wasn't going to get in the team because that would have meant Bishop Orton Football could get him more money for me. So, yeah, it was a shock and uh, a bit of an eye-opener, I must admit. Yeah, and then, of course, back to the northeast, you went to Bishop Auckland, but you were then offered another lifeline with Hartlepool United coming in, a team that you spent a long time at, 26 goals you bagged as well. How did you find your time at Hartlepool? Because a club that has been on a roller coaster the last couple of years, now on, on a high, um, but you must have enjoyed your time to have spent, what, the best part of three years there? Yeah, I had a good time at Hartlepool. I played... I- I won't say I played my best football there, but what I did, I scored a lot of goals there. As you say, 26 goals there from midfield was was a good return. And uh, I met a lot of friends there. The fans were good. Uh, you know, I had more trouble with the management than with the, with the fans, to be honest, because the management changed so often. Uh, and it was difficult, but... From the football side, I met a lot of good mates there, uh, and and the fans were just tremendous. The word were very good, and you know to have played. So I know when you, you sort of go to places and you don't play very well. I speak to a lot of people who say you know it's it's hard for them to create a connection with the fan base. But for you to spend that many that long there to celebrate as many goals as you did, it must have been it must have been a hard decision for you to then move on from Hartlepool, having met so many nice people and, and built such good friendships. Yeah, it, it was. And, uh, you know, I moved. I didn't just move somewhere else. I moved to Darlington, which wasn't uh, wasn't favourable. But uh, if people, and I think a lot of people don't realise what goes on behind the scenes. Uh, and I'd, I'd had a good season at Hartlepool. There was talk of me moving on to going here, there and everywhere. Uh, I went and spoke to Burnley. I went and spoke to a few other clubs. Uh, and obviously I wanted to move on to better things. Uh, and that it turned out it wasn't meant to be. And the only reason I wanted to move on from Hartlepool, and I wouldn't have moved on to, no disrespect to Burnley or even Darlington, I wouldn't have moved on to them clubs, but I was virtually told by the manager, which was Bobby Moncur then, uh, that I wasn't needed. Uh, and... I thought I'd had a good stint scoring goals, doing well for them. Uh, and when he said I wasn't needed, I just thought, it's time to go then. Uh, so that's when I put myself in the shop window and I, I, I said, Look, I, I might as well go on the list then if, if I'm not needed. Went on the transfer list, and which didn't go down well with the fans because they thought I wanted to bail, which I didn't. But... I thought for my football career, I had to bail because I wasn't needed by Bobby Moncur. 
So that's why uh, I decided to go. Uh, and that's why I went to Burnley. I, did, uh, I spoke to them. I was I was nearly putting pen to paper there. And, and then uh, I ended up, Brian Little got in touch with me. And I always thrive on a challenge. Mm. I like a challenge. No matter what it is, I like a challenge. Darlington had just come out of the Football League. Uh, and he came to me, wanted me to sign, want, wanted the Football Cup to stay full-time. And he says to me, we've got to get number one spot. Uh, and he'd done his homework on me because... He turned around to me and he said, I want people like you because you will play 44, 46 games a season. Mm. He said, I don't want people who are going to come in, get injured and be out of the team all the time. He said, so we've got to make sure we get people who, who are committed, who play sometimes through injury. I know you do. And uh, he, sold me, he sold the club to me. But the main thing was, it was a challenge for me because I was going out of the football league into non-league again. Bearing in mind, we were still full-time. Uh, and it was a massive challenge for us. And uh, I went there and uh, I enjoyed my football there. Yeah, I mean, I firmly believe in, in, in you know, everything happens for a reason. Of course, you mentioned that you were very close to signing for Burnley. But now that you look back on your career all those years ago, do, do you see that that moment where... You were so close to signing for Burnley, Burnley, and then Brian Little gets in touch as as something that that happened and and was just the perfect fit for you. It was a perfect fit because it was fifteen minutes from where I live. It was uh, it was some somewhere where all my family would go and watch me, uh, which is a major asset to me. You know, the family always came first, and. Uh, my mum travelled all over the country watching me play football. Uh, and I can look back on it now and think, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, I think Burnley had a great season that, that year. Uh, and, but I wouldn't change a thing because I know me, all the good times I had with me, with my mother uh, travelling away and things like that. The family travelling to matches at Darlington and uh, all over the place. It was it was perfect for me because I am I am a family person. But you know I did want uh, to to do well, and I, I I ended up getting two promotions one after another at Darlington. So you know I did myself no no harm at all by uh, playing for Darlington, uh, and I think. I, ch- I had to change my game when I went to Darlington because Brian Little originally bought me to score goals because I'd scored mm. goals at Arsenal. But then he went and bought two other midfield players who were forward-thinking players. So he asked me if I could change my game and just be like a sitting midfield player, which at first I didn't like because it meant, as we all do, we all like to be in the limelight, scoring the goals. Yeah. But... Uh, it developed my game a lot, and uh, you know, I, I enjoyed. It, it came, and people won't believe this, but I got just as much enjoyment out of making goals than I did out of scoring goals, uh, and that is the truth. That you know, uh, 
and it developed my game uh, tremendously. So I became a better footballer altogether. But the main thing was uh, me family coming to watch and things like that at Darlington, and it was a, a, a good fit for me. Uh, and I didn't realise that at the time. I'll be totally honest with you. I didn't have the crystal ball. Yeah, I didn't realise at the time, but it, it was a good fit. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't don't know the difference between obviously being coming in and, and scoring goals as a midfielder and just asking to be a, a bit more defensive minded. Was I know you mentioned you're up for a challenge, Andy? Is it was that something that although it probably wasn't what you were looking for at the start, you you probably were, were there to say, do you know what? I'm going to look. I look forward to this challenge, and and I'm going to do something for a manager that brought me here and and put faith in me. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, you see things now that people, uh, I won't say it makes me laugh, it makes me cringe a bit when people are playing out of position and this, that and the other. And I love to see the people who go on TV and get an interview and say, look, if wherever the manager play, yeah. plays me, I'll, I'll play in that position. Because at the end of the day, you are in a privileged position. Yeah. You are a professional football or even in non-league football. You're in a privileged position and what you should do, the manager, and this is the difference between then and now, the manager was always the main focus. Right Now it's the players. The players dictate to the manager what they do. If they don't want to play in a position, they don't have to. Yeah. In our day, I wouldn't say we had to play, but we would just, excited and wanted to do well for the football team and we would play anywhere to be in that starting 11 uh, and that was everybody in in all the teams that I played I didn't get many I didn't can't remember many people mourning because we were playing out of position uh, so that was a big difference and I think that's a big difference in football now yes because, uh, because you know you know Obviously, I've, I've started managing and, and, and people say to me, well, I don't want to play there. And my my answer to that is, well, don't play them. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's what I believe that managers should do. But nowadays, because of it's a business more than anything else, I don't think they can do that in, in their situation. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Well, before we we go on to talk about your um, time at Scarborough and Whitby, um, for those Scarborough and Whitby fans that are listening at the moment, um, if anyone wants to travel to any of the Scarborough away games, and the Valley Bar Sea Dogs uh, is the place to look and go on their Facebook page. Uh, you can have a look on there. That's um, you can email them valleybarseadogs at uh, mail dot com or call 07958931572 and that's to book your places. Members are £20, under 16 members are £10, non-members are 22 and 11 respectively. And Whitby Town fans as well, um, if you want to get tickets for both of next month's, so February's um, games at the Flamingoland Stadium, that's the 8th and the 22nd against Scarborough, then uh, tickets have gone on sale as well today for away supporters um, so you can get tickets there for, for some big games this month. Um, but yeah, Andy, you then went on loan to Scarborough, a spell at Scunthorpe, and then you were back at Scarborough as well for, for three years. Um, what was your what was your experience like on on coming down the down down south south, I guess, from the north that you were in to, to Scarborough? Did you enjoy it? Well, first of all, I I, I had a bad time at Darlington. Uh, with the with the the new manager that came in, 
Uh, Darlington weren't doing so well at the time. We'd had two good promotions. And then uh, we had a bad season where we got relegated from the third division. We came straight back down from the third division. And uh, that's when all the, the bad things started to happen at Darlington Football Club. So we got a manager in who, to be honest, he was, uh, it was beyond him. The job was beyond him. He, he wasn't good enough to do the job. And uh, he wanted to get all the older lads out who had been there for years, the likes of mm. myself, Kevin Smith and people like that. Uh, and it didn't work. So, in a way, he started making things difficult for the older players, uh, which wasn't fair because we'd had so much success that uh, the way we were treated wasn't right at a football club. But it was it was an eye opener. Uh, so, for me to go to Scarborough was it was a godsend, really. I just wanted to get away from Darlington Football Club, no matter what it was. And no disrespect to Scarborough, I'd have gone anywhere. Uh, but I went to Scarborough, and I, had a, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I had some good players there. Uh, I think the manager was, uh, let me think who it was at the time, the ex-Chelsea player, I think it was. Anyway, uh, so he got me in, and... Uh, I enjoyed it, played some good stuff, scored a couple of goals, uh, and then I went back after a month. Uh, and then, so I was there, I think I was only there a month on the loan. Uh, so I went back to Darlington, and the same thing happened again, really. Uh, the way I was treated wasn't wasn't well. But the fans and that at Scarborough Football Club, oh, tremendous, excellent. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on, on, the, on the cast. I'm not saying it. I'd speak to anybody. And I, I love Scarborough, you know. Uh, and people may think that, because uh, I keep saying it, that uh, I always fall out with managers. Uh, and when you become an older player and you're surplus to uh, their requirements, mm. and that happened at Darlington, uh, it happened to a certain extent that I wasn't an older player at Darlington. The manager came and he just didn't want me. Uh, and there was one guy at uh, Scarborough eventually when uh, the late Billy Air, what a man he was. He called me in and he told me that I was going to be leaving the football club. This is after I'd signed for the second time. Yeah. And uh, he says, Andy, you're leaving. He goes, you're going to be in... Uh, Halifax Town's dressing room in the morning. This was a Thursday. Wow. And this is what I said. <laughs> that's what he said. And I said, no, I'm not. I said, I'll be in our dressing room. He said, no, you won't. You'll be in Halifax Town's, I'm telling you. And Billy Air was a big guy. You know, he's a big guy, a bit demanding. And so the next day I turned up. It was a Friday morning. I turned up at Scarborough and he called me in his office. And I thought I was dreading it, to be fair. Wow. And he turned around and he said, Andy, he says, why are you here? And I said, well, I told you I'd be here. And he said, right, okay. You're training today and you're playing tomorrow. You're putting you in the team. And I, I said, you are? <laughs> he said, I was told by the chairman to try and get you out. I've tried. You're good enough to be in the team, so you're playing tomorrow. Now, that was Billy Air being honest, Right. And so I shook his hand and I played the next day. Uh, 
And that was football for you, you know, and that was what some people don't understand about football. You know, if I'd have been a bit naive or a younger person, yeah. I might have been in Halifax Town's dressing room that next day. And I might have left this football club. But I like I like the Scarborough Football Club. I like the fans. I wasn't enjoying my football there at that time because of a certain uh, person who was virtually running the show. Uh, but, again, I was on... And this is where you go from one extreme to the other. When I signed for Scarborough Football Club, the second time from Scunthorpe, I was injured. And I actually told the doctor, and I, I remember the doctor, right? I actually told the doctor because I didn't want to do the proverbial on Scarborough Football Club. Yeah. Right? I go in there and knowing that I was injured and I need a, needed operation. I had a hernia. And I turned around, I actually turned around to the manager and I says, you want to sign me on a three-year contract? And he goes, yeah. I says, well, because you're being honest and I'm going to be honest with you, I shouldn't sign because I'm injured. And within the next six weeks, I'll need an operation. Yeah. And him and the doctor, the manager and the doctor got together, came in and saw me and says, let's keep it quiet. And hopefully we'll get through this season. If and we were pushing for the top then. Yeah. If we do not get to the top, we'll get you in early and we'll get you operation so you're ready for next season. Right. So I says, Well, fair enough, but all I can do is tell you the truth, which I did. <laughs> then after about six or seven weeks, mm. The results didn't go as we wanted. We were, we were mid-table. So I went and saw the manager and I said, look, I might as well get myself sorted for next season. And he said, what do you mean get yourself sorted? I said, I need it up. It's me hernia. It's playing up. Yeah. He said, I don't believe you. I don't believe anything's wrong with you. Right? And I said, so eventually they sent me to two or three specialists. The doc at the club at the time, uh, he says, oh, I don't know what it is. So I went, I ended up going down to uh, Harley Street. That's where I got it done, in London. And you won't believe this, I travelled down there on my own, on the train. I had the operation, and I travelled back the same day on the train, and I gladly moved. They wouldn't send anybody with me because they didn't believe I was injured. When I I nearly passed out on the train on the way back because I was that I was ill. And I came back and I started recuperating back in North Allerton where I live. Uh, and I got a phone call two or three days after I got back asking where I was. Yeah. And I said I wasn't well. Uh and they still didn't believe I'd had an operation, even though they sent me to Harley Street. Uh, and that's what you've got to put up with. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't change anything about being at Scarborough Football Club. I wouldn't change anything. Uh, the only thing different I would like is just to, you know, I was being honest by saying I was injured. Yeah. 
and they didn't take that on board. They took it on board at the start, but they didn't take it on board when uh, when the shit hit the fan, to be, to be honest. So, but uh, yeah, uh, I remember the nights out in Scarborough with the lads and, and things like that. And, it, you know, it was, you know, going down the town and that. We, we, it was good. We had some good times. Ray McHale and uh, Phil Chambers and people like that. We had some great times. Uh, but, and it was always nice meeting the fans as well. Meeting the fans in the town and having, having a laugh and a joke. And, uh, you know, the, the good thing about it, they're down to work. They tell you as it is. And that's, if one thing you'll find out about me, that's what I am. I'm, I'll, I'll tell you as it is. I don't, I don't bullshit about anything. I'll tell you. If someone's been nasty to me, I'll tell you. If somebody, if I've got something to say, I'll say it. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. Uh, but that's me, you know. But I love my time at Scarborough. It was good. And I always liked going back. I went back and watched the game. It'd be about three or four months ago. Uh, yeah. I went to the Flamingo, Flamingo Park, is it somewhere? Yeah, Flamingo, Flamingo Land Stadium, yeah. <laughs> I went there and, you know, I... I, I put a hat on. The good thing is, I had to wear a mask, so I, so nobody had to recognise me. I sat next to a woman in the stand, and uh, uh, I just, I, I was asking about certain players, and she goes, "You're Andy Torman, aren't you?" <laughs> I said, "How do you know that?" Oh, this fella next door just talked ne- next to me. Just told me you are. So I looked at him. And he says, "Yeah, I know who you are." So even with a mask on, I couldn't hide myself. So, but it was uh, it was an eye opener seeing the game, and uh, John O was having a bad time at, at that time. Uh, but I'm glad he's picked up, and I'm glad the the team are doing well. Uh, they deserve it because the town deserves it, uh, and I always look for their results. I always look for Scarb with Whitby's results. It, it, you know, I just think it's uh, it's just. Second nature to me on the Saturday now. Uh, how Scarborough got on? How was How was Whitby got on? How was Bishop Orton got on? Hartlepool, Darlington, yeah, and and the others, the Lincolns, the Scunthorpes, and that. I always look at the results, not in that order, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, um, you know, you mentioned that you know saying how it is that that tends to be how most northeast um, people uh, are like, um, Andy, and and just sort of fast forwarding now to to your time at Whitby. I know we have quite a few Whitby listeners um, and you can boast in your career um, of the clubs that you've played at, but not many people can say that they've scored a goal in the FA Vars final at Wembley against North Therapy all those years ago, the 10th of May, 1997, Andy. Um, just explain the feeling that of playing at Wembley, the build-up to it, that must have been such a special moment for you. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mentioned me, I mentioned my family before, but they were all in the in the crowd, uh, and it was uh, it was something that I thought had passed me by. Obviously, you played in the football league for ten, eleven, twelve years, mm. and you think that's the only chance you're going to get. Uh, then I obviously left Scarborough and went down to uh, two or three divisions below to Whitby. Uh, and we had not just me we had quite a few other players who would drop down three or four divisions so 
we had a good chance. We had a good chance at, at the FA Vars. We had a, we knew that we, we were going to win the league. Well, I wouldn't say we knew. We had a great idea because of the the team we had. And no disrespect, but uh, I think uh, Donald Duck could have managed that team and we'd have won the league we were, and we'd have done well in the Vars. Uh, but we, we and you know, I think we won the won the league by so many clear points. We we'd won it won it by March, I think, or something like that, February, March. Uh, and then to play in the Vars, and I think one of the hardest games we had was the first round that we had. We played a team called Tiverton from Devon, and we beat them one nil at home. And that was the hardest game we had in that in that Vars. But, you know, you, you don't take things for granted because, you know, as I say, I didn't expect to get to Wembley, but, you know, you're always looking over your shoulder when you've got so many league games coming up and you've got the, the Vars final on the 10th of May, you think, you know, and you, you need to win them games. You need to show that you, you're still performing mm. so that you can get in the Vars team as well. Because we had such a good team, uh, and on top of that, uh, we got other players in as well to to bolster the the team up. Uh, the likes of uh, Stephen Pyle, who was uh, from Light Spartans, he came in and he he was putting pressure on me, which was a great lad. Got on well with him, uh, and uh, we had other players coming in as well, and that was just to to boost the squad up, and uh, but. It's something that you can't, you'll never forget. Uh, I see the goal now. I can feel it now on my foot where I kicked the ball. You know, uh, I've seen it so often uh, on the video, the VHS. Uh, and uh, I just think that uh, it's something that obviously it's going to stay with me from. Where, where, it's, so, it's a talking point as well. You know, you go into you go into grounds and you hear people. Oh, he's the one who started Wembley. He did this. He did that. Uh, as well as other good and bad things you hear about yourself. But uh, that's one thing that they can't take away from me. I, uh, I scored, and it wasn't just a tapping either. It was a decent goal. Uh, and uh, you know, it's something that I'll take with me to my grave. It's something that I'll always look upon as an achievement to do that. Uh, and unfortunately, my dad had died early on in the uh, in the year, so uh, he wasn't there, but the rest of my family were. Uh, and when I scored the goal, I looked up to the heavens to, uh, to say thanks. Uh, uh, people don't know that. It's the first time I've ever said it. Uh, but it's, you know, it brings... It is quite emotional, I must admit, uh, because, you know, it's something you've always wanted to do, even just to play there, right? Uh, but to play there, score a goal and win, uh, not just icing on the cake, it's, it's everything. Yeah, obviously, you know, obviously sorry to, to hear the passing of your, um, 
of your father and you know I'm sure he was extremely proud of you in, in that moment but I guess when you look back on that moment as you say you, you're just talking about it there it, it must bring just so many different emotions to you the 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 amazement of scoring a goal at Wembley and then looking up to say thank you to your dad as well it must just be it must must be such a proud moment to you that when you look back on it now it'll always stay with you for the rest of your life oh definitely it's uh you know, my two kids were there. One can't remember which was that young. Uh, but it, as you say, it, it's you know, I, I get a goosebumps when I, when I start talking about it, and you know, I talk to my girls about it, and oh, uh, shut up, dad, and things like that. They say and things like that, but. It was an achievement as well. You know, it's, it, people don't realise, you know, you, I was one of them kids, like there's millions of others now, who be play, who was playing in the park on a Saturday, Thursday, Friday night, after school, going in, playing on the car, getting muddy, diving about in all the mud and that, and kicking a ball. I was one of them. I was one of them who watched on the ball and things like that and used to go and try and practice what I saw on the cherry and that. And I was one of them who, like millions now, who, who think oh, when they see a match at Wembley, I wouldn't mind playing there. What a, what a good pitch that is. Uh, and it came true. It happened to me. Uh, the, when I got picked up by Lincoln City from Bishop Orton, people don't know I was playing in a park, diving all over the place in goal. My brothers were shooting balls at me. And the Lincoln City manager come up and stood behind the goal with a with suit on, right? This is at half past eight at night. It was getting dark, and he turned around to me and he said, I'm looking for Andy Torman, where is he? And I said, that's me. No way. And I, yep. And I was playing in the park with my brothers shooting. I was diving about like a lunatic. And because he was in a suit, I thought he was a policeman. I turned down to him and I said, you're not a cop, are you? And he goes, no, I'm a Lincoln City manager. And then he showed me his badge. And then we went and had a chat in and he said, I want to sign you. And I, you know, I was, don't get us wrong, I wasn't a young kid then. I was, I was, I didn't turn professional until I was 23. So I was, I was like, I was like a young kid in the field. You know what I mean? Yeah. Diving about like a lunatic. Uh, and, uh, you know, that was a shock. But, Going back to the Wembley, you know, nobody can take that away. It was a great achievement, and uh, it was it was great for the town as well, for Whitby and the people. The people, you know, I owed them. I, I and the Scarborough fans won't like this, but I owed them and Scarborough fans all together, because to me they're all the same, right? Obviously, if I go and watch Scarborough and play Whitby, I'd want it to be a draw. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. me. Right, wouldn't want one team to win. Uh, if I go and watch Scarborough play and they're playing somebody else, I want Scarborough to win. Same with the Whitby. Yeah. Uh, but the people themselves, you know, the great people, Yorkshire people, are great people, uh, and uh, you know, I haven't got enough time for them 
the football club itself. I'm I'm over the moon that they've got a new stadium. I'm over the moon that they're, they're doing ever so well. Uh, I keep in touch on Facebook. I'm glad they've picked up. You know, John is doing a great job. Uh, and, you know, I just hope they keep on going. And maybe, you never know, they might just get up there. Yeah, 100%. Well, um, you know, that, that answers one of my questions that I was going to ask when we finished about um, Whitby or Scarborough, but I kind of knew the answer. Um, you you then, once your playing career was done, you went into to management. Um, was that something, Andy, that you'd always wanted to do, to, to go into the management side of things? I know that some players, it's not for them, but I guess once you hang the boots up, was that always something that you had on your mind? Well, I passed all my qualifications, my uh, coaching qualifications and... Uh... I did want to go into management, but I wanted to go into management at, uh, how can I say, at a higher level than what I did. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in football, unfortunately, you get renowned. You get you get a name for, uh, you get a name for what you can do as a manager. And you look at, uh, it's the same all over, you know, you look at Sean Dyche at Burnley, do, doing ever so well them he, he'll get renowned for being a manager of a team at the bottom who always keeps him in the league Sam Allardyce gets a manager for kicking the ball along bailing teams out and, and, and things like that uh, in non-league football it, it's just the same you get renowned I got renowned for being a manager who would go to a club who had no money and bail them out right yeah. every club I went it was skint so I used to get because I worked in football development, I used to get a lot of young kids coming through. And we built it. I remember I managed uh, Peter Lee, a team called Peter Lee in an ordinary. That was one of my first jobs. Yeah. They didn't have a team on the Thursday. And I got a phone call on the Thursday. Can I get a team sorted for Saturday? And we sorted a team out. We played on the Saturday. And we won the game on the Saturday. And we had a, uh, uh, this is in the Northern League First Division. And we ended up staying up. Uh, the year after, we finished sixth in the league with the same team. But then they cut the money, which there wasn't a lot of money there anyway. They cut the money. And I thought, well, I've done ever so well. We've, we've kept you up the first. You didn't even have a team. Kept you up. Finished in the top six uh, the second year. The promise was more money so I could keep the players that I'd got. So what happened to all them players when they cut the money? They all went elsewhere. So uh, I was renowned for and Same, I went from there, I went to North Allerton, I went to Gisley. And unfortunately, if, if I could change one thing, I wouldn't have took a Northern League job. <coughs> and uh, because you get people who above their stations who think they can dictate to you. And it happened to me at Bishop. I'll be totally honest with you. It happened to me at Bishop Auckland. Uh, they can tell you to pick in the team uh, or they think they can. Yeah. And I'm not being funny. Why employ somebody to do a job if you're going to tell them what to, how to do it when you don't even know how to do it? Uh, and that was there. And that happened in four, five Northern League teams I managed. Gisborne. Peter Lee, eventually, uh, who else is it? CM Red Star, uh, 
which you bought, couldn't get for anyway. So, unfortunately, I won't go back into management in the Northern League again. And that's because I know what I can do. I know I'm a good manager. I know that I will do well wherever I go if I can do it my way. And the way I say it is, if I do it my way and it doesn't go well, that's my fault. I went to Bishop Auckland. I couldn't do it my way. Things didn't go well. And because they didn't go well, I ended up leaving the football club. And that's because certain people wanted to pick the team. They did pick the team. And when we lost, it was my fault, uh, which I know it wasn't. So, but that's the way, way it goes. So, I always wanted to be a manager. But in hindsight, I should have managed at an higher level. Unfortunately, I don't think it'll happen. Uh, but uh, I think the higher you go, the more respect you get from the chairman and the committee than uh, if you're in the Northern League or, or below the Northern League. I think they think they can dictate to you because possibly they're putting the money into the football club. I know they do eye up, don't get me wrong, but chairman at eye clubs, the likes of Darlington and things like that, they've got a board to work with. Yeah. Chairman in the Northern League they're the focal point and they dictate who comes in, who goes out. And I just think uh, that was a big fault of mine. And I, as I say, if, if there's one thing I could change, I would have changed that. Uh, not going into management in Northern League. Uh, and they call it non-league for a reason because uh, I don't class the Darlington's, the York Cities, the Scarboroughs. Uh, I do the Whitby's to a certain extent uh, because when I went there, there were a non-league team in the Northern League. league. Yeah. Uh, but but they progressed on and, uh, you know, the more... I think they're more professional now. Uh, so I just think that... Uh, You've got to be careful. Coaches have got to be careful where they go and where they go to manage. And I, I should have been like that when I went to Peter Lee early doors. So, uh, you know, but uh, never say never. <laughs> exactly that. Um, I know you mentioned that, and obviously having seen firsthand how the how Scarborough runs, um, you know, a lot of decisions are well, I'll see what the board say or we'll go to the board and we'll see what they say and it has to be a, a joint decision, which obviously at some clubs it, it can't happen. Um, Andy, at the time of recording, I know this will probably go out on, on the Saturday, so the tables may have changed. We see Scarborough sat in fourth position so far uh, in the Northern Premier League um, on 47 points, having played 28 games. Whitby have played a game less, but are a point less off. Um we're in for a really exciting end to the season, aren't we, between Whitby and Scarborough? It, it could see both sides in the playoff places, which would be amazing for the area. Well, that would be that would be great for the area, to, to see them both. And I think they deserve it. You know, I think, uh, you know, John O took so much stick. Uh, Whitby, Whitby started off like a house on fire, went well. Uh, and then they hit a bit of a, 
stumbling block. I know they, they lost a couple. But I thought Whitby were always going to be... Uh, I thought they were going to be a mid-table team. And I always thought Scarborough would, go, would finish higher. Yeah. I'll, I'll be talking to you. Yeah. Uh, and that's maybe because of my past. Maybe because of my past thinking the way it's gone in the past in years and years years ago. And I always, you know, Scarborough with a professional team, Whitby with a non-league team, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, yeah, it'd be great for the fans. And uh, I know that I'll be going to watch some of the games anyway. Uh, so hopefully they're both getting in the uh, playoffs, but hopefully they don't play each other. Yeah. Um, well, of course, they they will have to play each other, sadly, um, this month coming up, Andy. That's... Um, a shame because I did say I did say at the start of the season I'd love to see Whitby and Scarborough play at the Riverside in the um, NPL in the Northern North Riding Senior Cup sorry so that would have been nice but they meet each other on the 22nd of February uh, at Scarborough they also meet each other on the 8th of February um, in the Northern Premier League so if you want to get your tickets for that then you know exactly what to do um, but yeah Andy's before we draw things to a close um, talking about you talked a little bit about the backroom work of a football club and Scarborough and Whitby, um, they don't have the biggest budgets in the Northern Premier League. They're not going to have the biggest budgets in the Northern Premier League. That, that's just how it is. That's the nature of the game. But they're competing with some big sides and they're holding their own. Yeah. yeah. And that's testament to the uh, the management. Uh, the, possibly, the, I, I don't know so much, but I'm assuming they have a good... Uh, uh, development thing going on. I know they've got under 23s. Uh, I know Scarborough have anyway. Uh, but it's testament to them. And it, it's good for the town because, you know, it brings people through the gates when they see the team doing well. And players coming up through the ranks want to play and want to be in the first team. Yeah. And that means, and that, means that, the, you know, uh, obviously, they're doing something right as a football club, uh, whether it's Scarborough, whether it's Whitby, whoever it is. Uh, but what I would say is, you know, keep that development is a is a great thing, uh, but you've got to have the right people in my in 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 the position to bring them through. And obviously, at the moment, I don't know if Scarborough and Whitby are going elsewhere for the players or they're getting them from the homegrown. Players, I know, I know some of them are, but not not all of them. Yeah. Uh, but it's all, but they've done well because it's always been a bad catchment area. That's the way I look at it. Uh, and people travelling from Hull, York, all the way over to Scarborough, and and you know to play games of football. Mm. You know, uh, when we go somewhere closer to home, uh, it's just testament to what the club's all about. Both clubs. Scarborough and Whitby. Yeah, well, Andy, I did say before we uh, we started going that we'd only be here for half an hour or so. But we've rambled on for for much longer. Um, we've chatted about some some quite incredible stuff. I'm I'm absolutely delighted to have had you on. Um, but I think I've taken up um, enough of your time this evening, Andy. So I'll obviously let you go. Um, have you enjoyed being on the podcast? I know it was really last minute when I approached you to come on, but but have you enjoyed it? Yeah, it's been great, and all I can say is. Uh... To Scarborough Whitby fans, keep cheering them on because I'm behind them as well, both teams. Uh, and yeah, a credit to both clubs. Uh, and please, if Scarborough play Whitby, 
make sure it's a one-one draw. Okay. Exactly. We'll end, we'll end it on that one. Well, if you enjoyed listening to the podcast, then you can re-listen to previous guests that we've had um, that's available on all your music streaming platforms. Um, also, make sure you get your tickets for the games between Scarborough and Whitby. That should be an absolutely brilliant game. And of course, keep an eye out um, for our next guests, of course. Uh, but I've been Charlie Hopper. I've been joined by Andy Toman. Thank you very much for listening.